There are many who claim that in order to be saved, an individual has to be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Is that so? Well, in this, the 41st edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to examine what the New Testament scriptures have to say about Holy Spirit baptism. There's a great deal of controversy in our day and time concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In this edition of Sound Teaching, what I would like to do is to explain what the New Testament teaches concerning Holy Spirit baptism. I'm convinced that by doing so, we could avoid some of the common pitfalls which are associated with the charismatic movement which is so prevalent in our time. First, it should be noted that the baptism of the Holy Spirit was a promise, not a command. This needs to be understood in order to recognize that the Holy Spirit baptism, which is referred to in the New Testament, has no part in the conversion of man. You see, promises are to be enjoyed, but they cannot be obeyed. Commands are what are obeyed. We understand that our salvation is conditioned upon our faith expressed in obedience to the will of God, as related in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. To say that a man must be baptized by the Holy Spirit in order to be saved is to say that Holy Spirit baptism is a condition of salvation. But salvation is conditioned upon obedience. Since man cannot obey a promise, salvation cannot be conditioned upon Holy Spirit baptism. Finally, to say that Holy Spirit baptism is conferred by God as part of our conversion is to make God a respecter of persons. The baptism of the Holy Spirit was a promise made to only a few people, not all men. In Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John the Baptist made the statement, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Farrell Jenkins in his booklet, The Finger of God, writes the following. Quote, the words of John, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, were addressed to a mixed group, a few of whom would receive the baptism of the Spirit, while others, the brood of vipers, would receive the baptism of fire, verses 10 through 12. The statements concerning the Holy Spirit found in John chapters 14 through 16, Luke chapter 24 verses 48 and 49, and Acts chapter 1 verses 1 through 5, were addressed to the eleven apostles after Judas had departed. Many of the words concerning the Holy Spirit and his work were directed to the apostles only, not to all men. Close quote. It might be added just here that when the Holy Spirit did come, he was seen and heard, as we see from Acts chapter 2 and verse 33. The disciples had cloven tongues, like as a fire setting upon each of them. There was the sound as of a rushing mighty wind, and they began to speak in tongues. Charismatics today find no duplication of this. The baptism of the Spirit is often described as something better felt than told. A far cry from the circumstances of the Spirit's baptism is recorded in the book of Acts. The purpose of Holy Spirit baptism was to equip the apostles in their work. Notice our Lord's promise to his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. 
The Holy Spirit was to act as a helper, to take the place of the personal presence and help of Jesus. Jesus recognized that he was to die and did not want to leave them without guidance. He promised that he would not leave them orphans, John 14, 18, but would rather supply them with what they needed after his departure. The Holy Spirit was to guide the apostles into all truth. In John chapter 14 and verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Also, the Holy Spirit was to convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. John 16 verses 7 through 11. Now this work began on the day of Pentecost when the inspired preaching of Peter and the others convicted many of sin and resulted in the salvation of 3,000 souls on that day. Acts chapter 2. Third, the Holy Spirit was to bear witness or testify. And might we add that only those who are eyewitnesses from the beginning of all that Jesus said and did were baptized with the Spirit. This reveals his true purpose. The miraculous acts and powers which followed the apostles were the Spirit's testimony to the divine authority of their message. As the Hebrew writer explains it in Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. To apply Holy Spirit baptism to all men in the process of conversion today distorts both the extent and the purpose of Holy Spirit baptism. The Holy Spirit is powerful and efficacious enough in His work as revealed in His Word. We don't have to ascribe to Him things that are not revealed in the inspired text. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation, or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.